0: Ben, how are you feeling? Are you ready? Are you excited? I- I'm-, I'm feeling the excitement today.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling the excitement. It's a-, it's a good thing we've got coming up.
0: I have no idea how long this is going to go on for. It could go on for far too long, or it could be far too short. But without further ado, welcome to the first installment of our special recap of 2020 here on the articulate film podcast with Ben and Jacob. And today, we are going to be looking at the top TV of 2020, and yes, 2020 did have some highlights, believe it or not. Should we start at 20? This is so weird. It feels like I'm doing a chart show, which is what I've practiced for years. But I, it's not a chart show.
1: I know it is a bit like a chart show of recommendations and things that uh, I don't know. Let's. But I do agree with you. This is either going to be like 11 minutes or an hour and a quarter. And there'll be no in-between.
0: But we have, honestly, we have got so much good stuff lined up for you on this podcast. Expect things like The Last Dance to make an appearance. Expect BoJack Horseman's final season to make an appearance. And, of course, the show that got everybody into chess, The Queen's Gambit.
1: Mm, a lot it of It was chess. The
0: Queen's Gambit that got everyone into chess, wasn't it? It was.
1: like Amazon's chessboard sales when that's this year. Euros yeah, bought, bought like everyone's
0: playing chess. Like, I met with a mate today. I was like, What have you been doing? He goes, I'm Just playing chess, really. Oh. Also, people are starting to get chess boards for their house based on the fact that they're now like cool, they look nice as like an ornament.
1: Yeah, I know. People are starting. I don't. I had a mate who admittedly was getting a nice chess board for Christmas a long time before the Queen of Gambit was cool. But yeah, they're in. Firstly, before we do 20, I do just want to say. I've started Bridgerton and Tiny Pretty Things, and they're both brilliant, but I didn't include them on the top 20 because they came out too recently and I didn't have time to fairly judge them. Also, the show that was probably 21st, The Great, which was only available on Stars Player, is coming to Channel 4 on the 3rd, which is Sunday night at 9 o'clock, and it's very, very funny. So, check out for that.
0: Without further ado, let's get into the top TV of 2020, as judged by the RCQ Film Podcast. Mm -hmm. In at number 20 is The Third Day.
1: Yes. Now, this was very experimental. It was something completely different and not really seen on TV before. Um, For those of you who did not catch the Sky Atlantic or HBO show, essentially, you had a two, three-episode seasons, one with Jude Law, one with Naomi Naomi Harris. And in the middle of them, there was a full 24-hour interactive special. Now, just because of how bold the show was, it's earned its place on the top 20. Um, It was certainly interesting Opening with Jude Law's character, Sam, who's on the surrefer excursion and ends up on the island that he doesn't know where. And it's all creepy and kind of gothicy. Or There's no real good ways to describe it until you see it. It's good. It's not the best thing, but it's definitely the most ambitious show of 2020. And it wasn't a complete fire. so it earned its place on this list, definitely.
0: On oh, now to number 19. This is so weird. It's so weird, isn't it? It's, it's for weird. It's fun. It's a fun weird. It's because we've never done anything like this before. I love the the quick reviews, you know, quick and snappy. Yeah, I mean, some it, I mean. stuff
1: will obviously be longer than others. Some stuff I literally can barely talk to about for more than 15 <laughs> seconds. And other stuff, I'm but sure the one we've got minutes. at number
0: 18. Number 18 doesn't have many bullet points. It's only got one. Number 19's <laughs> got three bullet points, though. And in at number 19, P-Valley.
1: Yes. Now, I've never been to a strip club, <laughs> which is something I... Shock would... horror. <laughs> Shock horror. Um, so, I was quite shocked when this show about strippers was interesting. Granted, we had the Jennifer Lopez film, Hustlers last year, which was really good. But you kind of witness firsthand the lives of these strippers over the 10 hours on Star's Play. It doesn't cut any corners. It's Brutal, it's honest, and I kind of appreciated the up close and personal way it threw you into the lives of the characters.
0: Hmm. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, Type that in place. when you've seen,
1: know anything about the shows that with. The Mandalorian's up later, so you can just talk about that.
0: <laughs> um, I've noticed that Tiger King is not on here. Oh, uh,
1: yes. Yeah.
0: Was
1: that intentional, or did you just forget about it? Um, <laughs> no, it was death. So, for context, I had a short, a long list that was about. I did it. I did both. We're doing a TV one, a film one, and a performances one. The performances one was slightly different because I jammed that together at the end of what was in the top films and TV shows. But I had a five tier system. And there were 320 films involved, and there was 120 TV shows. So, Tiger King was definitely on the long list. It made it to Tier 2 or Tier 3, but it just got lost. I don't know. We've had so many good shows. I
0: love how I love how you're calling it tiers now. I mean, terribly, there, were, there, were, there were
1: definitely five tiers. It was like a wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took... Yeah. On now to
0: number 18, we've got City So Real. Now, this master documentary filmmaker, Steve James, and his crew have crafted a documentary film series that captures the sheer complexities, joys, and frustrations of inner city Chicago at the end of uh, 2010 to 2019 decade. Really interesting watch this. I've heard lots of good stuff about it being interesting, very eye-opening.
1: Yeah, it is, and Steve, Steve, Stephen James, I don't know what his name, which one it is, he famously directed Roger Ebert, who's the greatest film critic of all times, favourite film ever, Hoop Dreams, it's the best documentary I've ever seen that was made in the 90s, and that was over a period of five years he filmed, and then he'd done bits and bobs, but... City So Real is kind of the first thing that's really broke through for him in the last few years. And he dealt with a really long period of time in inner city Chicago, which is where he's from. And in the period there was a president from Chicago. But then there was also lots of things that didn't go well. So I think it is a beautiful documentary. And Stephen James, if you've not caught any of his work, hunt it out because he is a genius.
0: Ben says he's a genius, but Ben also doesn't know if he's Stephen James or Steve James.
1: Steve, Stephen—they're basically the same name. I think. I mean, for all we know,
0: for all we know, he could be known as Steve, but his birth name be Stephen. Yeah, vice versa.
1: He doesn't do many interviews, and he doesn't do a lot. And lots of his best work was made before we were born. So he's not a household name, and I'm more familiar with. In other name. words, Ben right now is just
0: making excuses for the fact that he does not know Steve James's name. Ben, you already—I can see you right now already getting vexed. I'm joking. A
1: sip of water.
0: <laughs> ben just gives me these looks, like his jaw drops. He's like ready to have a go at me. So we're just going to move on to number seventeen. It's uh, the like number 17 it's the
1: devs. shut up, Jacob. Looks.
0: <laughs> it's the stop exposing me. <laughs>
1: Which happened most of the time when you're talking, and good. Just thought I saw it for a minute, I'd actually need to delete it and start recording, but we haven't. Anyway. <laughs> numbers... That was so
0: random, Ben. <laughs> Should we just talk about devs in at number 17?
1: Yeah, but number 17 is devs. It was directed and written by Alex Garland, who's a guy you may not know, but you may be familiar with his work. And this is a kind of weird, mind-boggling TV show like his other work. So he was quite famous for X Machina, which was this three-act story, and then he did Annihilation, which was a thriller. And this show falls somewhere there. It's kind of in there. It's a cross between. It's the meeting point between the grounded and realistic X-Machina and the kind of more wacky Annihilation, even though they're both high-concept sci-fi series, which Devs is. Um I kind of loved the first two episodes, and then it once it got into the real meat of the story, it got really, really good, and. Um,
0: yeah. you know what I love about this bed is that we've got such a variety of shows.
1: I know. Um, I took that into real account when I did this. So, for example, Ted Lasso, which is another one of my favourite shows on Apple TV Plus, didn't make the list. It was. One of the next ones off, um, because I'll I thought mention. because I thought we will already have three, and I'm not going to reveal which ones they are. Sitcoms, three half an hour shows, and I just thought you don't want to, you don't want too much of the same genres.
0: Precisely, precisely, I get you. Let's carry on. We are at number sixteen now, Ben. Are we going through these too quick? I have no idea. Are we? I think are we're not? going
1: at the right pace.
0: Okay, we're going at the right pace. Nice. Number 16 is I May Destroy You. And you you love this. If I remember, you were raving about this to me. You were sending me Snapchats. Yes, because we're so cool. We still talk on Snapchat at the age of 18. <laughs> you were sending me Snapchats like, I love this. I love this. Let's watch it. You've got to watch it.
1: It. The fact that I May Destroy You is only a 16 shows just how good this year has been for TV. Because... Yeah, it's been really
0: strong. I wanted to put the Arrowverse crossover in there, but then said there. <laughs>
1: I did, I, I just, you do, that's you like did say seven, no. I did say no, that's like seven <laughs> shows, that would be cheating, and I didn't want to have to put all seven Arrow shows on there. I, I mean, you, you're fully good,
0: I would not have a problem with that, I'm just not sure the listeners would be too happy.
1: And then brilliant shows like I May Destroy You would have been knocked off. I mean, what an incredible watch this was, all 12 half-hour episodes are on BBC iPlayer, I binged the whole series after they came out. Um, It's not an easy watch. It's raw. It was needed. It's political. Michaela Cole is a genius. It's excellently executed. And the way it deals with the comedy and the drama in a way they'll make you laugh and cry in sentences they're next to each other is beautiful. It is, it should not be 16. I've really messed up. It probably should have been in the top five.
0: well (laughs) well, well, thanks ben Uh, okay i mean you you could at least keep these things to yourself but what i love about uh, the ( coupon) Arctic podcast is we are just so honest if we fuck up we say we fuck up
1: i know i mean
0: if we think it's not recording we openly say oh it's not recording if we're talking too long we go shut up you're talking too long it was because like then I mean, you normally say that to me let's be yeah. honest but it was because i
1: could see on the notes the 15 14 13 places and i suddenly realized oh i may destroy you is better than all of the next few shows and then i had a quick look down and realized yeah no it's good but also it has been top on like every other people's list so i don't right. feel that bad because
0: we want to switch it up a bit and not make it so predictable it's had though. enough praise it has had it has had a lot of praise but rightly so On oh, now to number 15 i want to say cheer
1: yeah cheer it's a documentary series about cheerleaders on Netflix. place uh,
0: that that does to me not sound good at all why have you put it at number 15 well
1: i didn't think it oh i'm sounds...
0: sorry i've just seen what is at number 14 the name of that show sounds absolutely terrible like <laughs> but let's talk about cheer first <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just remembered it was number 14. Um, Yeah, (laughs) no, uh, I didn't think cheer would be for me. Um, It was very big on Netflix in, like, January. I've had to remember about it that existed a couple of days ago. Um, But, you know, it gave me reasons to be cheerful. It did move me. It's worth a watch because you're watching a team grow together and I feel like we so often watch the jock movies or the... The team's about the teams. But cheerleaders, we never watch anything about cheerleaders. Yeah, but there's a reason for that. No, there isn't, because cheer is excellent. Cheer's far more interesting than lots of films I've watched about high school American football teams. I, and it's teenage girls, and teenage girls are kind of more interesting than teenage guys with all their drama.
0: You've got to be careful how you phrase that, then.
1: They're so gossipy and bitchy.
0: So, I, yeah, I'm not They're so gossipy and bitchy. So essentially, you can watch Cheer, it's about cheerleaders, but it's essentially about a load of gossipy and bitchy high school girls. All right, that's why... It's quite quite moving. It's quite, okay, okay, that's fine. Let's go on to number 14 now, the show with the most stupid name I think I've ever read. Pen 15, is it about 15 pens?
1: No, um, um what's it
0: about? why isn't pen 15 number 15? That would have been really ironic.
1: I should have, I should have. It's the <laughs> number
0: 14. Why is it called pen 15? What is it about? Is it about pens? A 15 year old with a pen?
1: No, um, everyone, if you don't know, write out pen 15 and realize what body part it looks like. Um, <laughs> 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 so I've only watched a car. <laughs>
0: i'm dying honestly I watched... so, so no it's not it's not about pens
1: <laughs> no it's pen 15 is obviously like a joke a lot of 13 year olds make and it's essentially a very very funny high school show set in the were we
0: just not were we just not cool enough to make those jokes when we were 13 well, no i
1: remember people making that jokes when we were like when i was like 11 so <laughs> I,
0: I don't remember that that just shows how Uncool, I
1: am. I remember a teacher referenced it once. Um, they were like, now I... for
0: me when I was eleven. The the classic joke was, "Your
1: yeah, mum." Yeah. Oh, there were so many "your mum" jokes like eight years ago. <laughs> so yeah.
0: after swimming, then After uh, we Ben and I used to uh, be in uh, the swim team. After that, there'd be so many "your mum" jokes, wouldn't there? People whipping with towels.
1: Your yeah, mum. Oh, that those were awkward changing rooms.
0: They were very awkward changing rooms just because you had people that were very young and talking like this and people that could just about grow a beard all making your mum jokes at each other. Very strange. Anyway, that is a topic for another time. Ben, talk to me more about Pen15.
1: Yeah, what can I say? It's a very, very funny comedy set in the early noughties. Lots of people talk about it because the two women who wrote it are playing their 13-year-old selves. So you also have these like two mid-30s women playing alongside a cast of, of like, pre-teens who are like 13 and 12. And the jokes are funny. They're ridiculous. It's a good sitcom. It's a sitcom, done well. Essentially. What is uh,
0: Pen15 available to watch on?
1: Sky Now TV, I think. I
0: put, you on the, I put you on the spot then,
1: didn't I? I haven't wrote them down. I know where most of them are. It's the, because I had Now TV for about a month, which is how I watched most of the Now TV shows, but I'm not sure the intricacies of...
0: Did you have Now TV for about a month, or did you have the uh, the free trial for about a
1: month? No, the free trial was a week, and then I took out Oh, another... that's a
0: bit cheap, isn't it? I
1: know, so then I took out another month to finish the job
0: fair enough fair enough and i love how people listening to the rte film podcast i always say the rte film podcast needs to stop addressing as that just the pod um we genuinely have known each other for so long if we're talking about going swimming when we were 11
1: <laughs> i know i know it's a uh, well like also i kind of hope people think we're much older than we are <laughs> even though
0: we do reference our age quite a bit i'd like to think that we're mature for our age but we have never been to a strip club as we said earlier in this pod on now to number 13 dead to me season two's come out and ben you like this right
1: uh yeah i love dead to me the two seasons have come out they've been very refreshing they're kind of your typical what happens next thriller just the fact they're very funny with the central cast of christina applegate linda cardinelli and James Marsden. it's very hard to write 20 episodes of this good. The writing on the show is great. They're short, they're compact. The twists are jaw-dropping, but it's funny the whole way through. Um, it's unpredictable, the twists, what everyone talks about. The acting's great, the humor's funny, it makes you laugh, it makes you cry. The dialogue's some of the best on TV. It's got great music, and it's directed perfectly. And it's on Netflix. So Ben is a big fan of mm. that.
0: On well, now to number 12. I feel like it's really racking up now, you know. Mm. I feel like people are not entirely sure what's going to come next.
1: I know, because the list is so random and so ordered.
0: <laughs> and it, it just shows how um, strong this year was for TV. Like, so many people just, you know, decide to binge watch loads of stuff this yes. year as well.
1: A lot of good stuff to binge. Which is...
0: And I remember I was reviewing this on the pod, Ben, you were ecstatic about it at the time. In at number 12 is Mrs. America.
1: Yeah, Miss America, which... Uh, people... Why have you wrote Mrs.? No, it is Mrs. Because, sorry, sorry, sorry. Kate Blanchett, this is just, let's talk about how incredible Kate Blanchett is. She is one of the best actresses out there and she chooses great roles. And Mrs. America was her return to TV on BBC2 and she smashed it out the park. Now, obviously, you can go back and listen to the podcast we did on this if you want to hear me talking more about it. It was about week two, and that would have probably be a hilarious listen because we're probably awful at this. But, uh, we were doing it on FaceTime then. Yeah, we were doing it on FaceTime before I realised what Zoom was.
0: <laughs> do, you, do you remember when? Well, no, because we didn't realise that if we went over half an hour, we it's free mm. if it's two people. Was it that?
1: Yeah, no, yeah that it was a like thing you go was... back
0: to the po- if you go back into today's oh no places, it was you into problems where you're getting to the point where we don't have drinks of water on hand so you get ben going sorry oh, i just need to go get a glass of water
1: <laughs> <laughs> and in the film one which we're recording on um in, in a couple of days time you we're recording it tomorrow aren't we yeah or monday or tuesday anyway whenever we get round to it um you, I've got, there's definitely a very funny embarrassment of you anyway. But look, I disagree what? with everything Kate Blanchett says or does in Miss America politically because it's about the 70s and the women's rights movement. And Kate Blanchett plays Phyllis Shafley, who basically thought all women should be housewives. But um, she's still brilliant and she makes the show watchable. Nice, I love that little
0: ending. She's just brilliant, she makes the show watchable. Nice. On now to number eleven, the Good Lord Bird. Mm.
1: So let me finish my drink. Um, so oh, so
0: uh, you know, there's me like bragging about how we've mastered up in water next to us. We <laughs> evidently haven't.
1: Yeah, no. Um, Ethan Hawke um, uh, is the lead in Mark Richardson, who's directed, and it's adapted from James McBride's semi-historical novel. It's fascinating and gives you lots of complex moral questions to chew over in its depiction of slavery which we do all know is wrong um we follow thanks that what
0: thanks for our clarification <laughs> yes
1: we follow john brown through the eyes of a fictional character called little onion who's a teenager who's emancipated through the violence that john brown did to free slaves all across america and it's trying to shine a light on a turbulent era of American history, and it was delayed till after the Black Lives Matter move, movement, and that shined a whole different light onto it. And it is really interesting and cool. And I can't do it justice talking. giving I feel it like it, um,
0: so many people think, "Oh, that was so long ago." It really wasn't. It really was that not that long ago at all. And obviously the events of Black Lives Matter really echoed that we are still not where we need to be and where we should be.
1: Yeah, I could not say that better than you could say.
0: So. I feel genuinely it angers me to think how horrible we are as humans.
1: Yeah, humans are the worst. And They're, I say that as a hist- as a history student, I say that.
0: We are. We're absolutely horrible. And we just all need to be nice to each other, particularly going into the new year, because we still we thought Corona would be over by now but it's not, and it's not getting any better, so we all just need to be nice to each other.
1: Is yeah. that
0: incredibly cringe, or is it actually... Well,
1: I'm not sure. 2020's been a long year. My 2020's been a long year. I'm That's not sure all. if that was cringy or heartfelt and sincere, so I think it's... I yeah. mean,
0: I felt like it was heartfelt, but the listeners could easily be cringing right so now. So let's
1: move from slavery to sex with normal people. Um,
0: like number 10, we're halfway through,
1: yes. we're halfway through. Yeah, um, normal people, as you probably remember, was a huge hit in lockdown one yeah. because the two in these... lockdown one, because <laughs> let's be honest, lockdown two was like last month, lockdown, lockdown three...
0: two was like only half lockdown though, because you were yeah. at uni, I was in Singapore, yeah,
1: four. and lockdown <laughs> yeah, three hard. is like next week. Um,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's not been announced yet, has it? <laughs> No,
1: but it's probably it, it
0: will be like next week. It
1: will. <laughs>
0: Happy New Year! You're all in lockdown for a month. Woo! You just see it now. Can't yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, oh, this if this ever survives, this will be a hilarious piece of history. What this podcast? Lockdown one, lockdown two, lockdown three. Um, anyway, Hey,
0: we got to get the hat trick. We got to get that hat trick.
1: Yeah, I mean. I was going to make a joke about Boris, but I couldn't think of one, anymore. he's useless. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say that now, he's useless. But let's talk about... Uh,
0: Boris, I think it's a really hard job. Anyway, let's talk about normal people at number 10, like we meant to do two minutes ago, but we got sidetracked. Surprise,
1: yeah. surprise. Um, <laughs> like, it kept talk on me. It was nice. I like the kind of coming-of-age story between the two characters and how they fall in love. And how time moves past them and affects their lives and we watch them grow old together i like that romantic stuff it worked it was cool for like and it was like the biggest thing for like two weeks when everyone just talked about the incredibly good looking couple having sex on our tv screens
0: and as watching them
1: <laughs> i watched it with my parents i think
0: you know, I think the this was really good if you were in a late relationship. If you weren't in a relationship, it just made you feel really sad and lonely and depressed. Yeah. Because we were all in lockdown at but, the time.
1: But I was single in April. Um, I, are you
0: still single now? Are you still single now?
1: I am still single in December. <laughs> My DMs are open. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mine too. From horny irish teenagers to horny vampires what we do in the shadows
0: season two is in at number nine ben i feel like we need to get a bit more serious now you know we're yes. in the top 10 now okay we need to get our serious faces on yeah still to come by the way we have so many more shows from to review particularly number eight, which I'm very excited about. So get through
1: number nine quickly. Thanks. And like for all the shows to get serious about, what we do in the shadows is like the funniest Lee show ever. It's obviously based off Taika Waititi's 2012 films. The first show I found a bit slow and took its time. But once you go into the second half of the back five episodes of that season, it was properly funny. And season two carried on the momentum. Nothing gets me belly laughing like actually belly laughing apart from what we do in the shadows it's constantly amusing the 10 episodes were great and i love the relationship between the three vampires and the married couple that's laszlo played by matt berry and nadia played by natasha Dimitriev, who are some of the best british comedians who don't get the praise they deserve matt berry who
0: do you think, the, do you think is the best british comedian
1: Um, I always used to like David Mitchell, and then last night on Big Fat Quiz, he was horrific. Um, I like Jimmy Carr. I think he's quite funny. Catherine, uh, Catherine Ryan's Canadian. (sighs) Aisling P's Irish. Um, James Castor's funny. Joe Lycett.
0: I love Joe Lycett. Didn't he change his name to Hugo Boss to, like, prove a point or something?
1: Yeah, he did. That was... One of the greatest things. Anyway, anyway.
0: Number eight, which I'm so excited about.
1: And I literally only put this on for you. <laughs> hey,
0: so are you being serious there, or would you have put it on anyway?
1: Well, I don't like it.
0: But would you put it on? Because you can appreciate that it is
1: amazing. Well, now I just dislike Have it. you
0: read one bad review about this show?
1: No, but reviewers, famously and not, do not always have the greatest taste. I mean, Cats is a great film.
0: <laughs> Cats is the shittest thing to ever. It is seen. a horrific oh, If film. that is in the fucking, it's sorry for swearing. Is that in the top twenty films? It's no, because
1: it came out last year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can tell I'm not the film guy. I'm meant to be the anchor, but I always go off topic. Uh, in at number eight is The Mandalorian. Now this is the star wars atmosphere and feeling we have all been waiting for you know there's no dumb humor cool characters and a story that we can all take seriously as star wars fans now i'm a huge fan with what they've done with this series so far and current star wars filmmakers need to take notes.
1: I feel like I got in your head when I wrote those three notes for you.
0: Yeah, I love how you wrote those notes and you keep saying I, 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 yet you say you're not a fan.
1: Well, I knew you would be reading them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've read two this entire time, but obviously, uh, *Mandalorian* was was one I chose to read. (laughs) Obviously, it's absolutely cracking. If you're a Star Wars fan that hates the sequels like myself, Wow. This completely redeems Luke Skywalker for you.
1: I did this... finish the first season, which I feel like I deserve to pat in the dance for, back for, I don't know. Why? Because it was just so boring. <laughs> it dragged on. I don't want to hear you
0: talk about this, Ben. I'm, I, you, you pissed me off. <laughs> Let's go on to number seven, Shit's Creek season six you know they were talking about this on the radio and they were like can we say that is this swearing no because it's not spelt like shit it's spelt like shit as in the place in greece that's right isn't it
1: uh, uh yeah i mean Shit creek is called it's got two t's that's how we get away with it um man my...
0: it's got a C in it
1: yeah fresh off it Emmy sweep and my favorite thing was with the emmy's tv ceremony they even made the joke that the legal team had meant every time they sent shit creek they had to subtitle the spelling up to show they weren't swearing um it's, it was such a sweet and touching end to everybody's favorite show um I love it. I just loved it. It was. It is the funniest sitcom we've had over the last decade. Once you get invested in the characters and get through the first few episodes, it's hooked. I feel like the roses are my family now. My ever annoying, super rich, spoiled family who end up in a shitty life. But you know, I think it's touched a cultural stone, and I think I feel
0: like this will surprise a lot of people being um, a number seven.
1: Yes. Um,
0: I, I feel like number seven, six and five people would expect to be in the top three.
1: Yes. Um, numbers and I may destroy you shocks people at 16 as well. The reason I put Schitt's Creek at number seven, I thought the sixth season was a sweet end and I had a very good final few episodes. But I thought its beginning wasn't great. And I thought season five was funnier.
0: And ultimately, you thought other shows were just better. Maybe Shits yeah. Creek did
1: nothing wrong. It's just these stuff did stuff better. I mean, to be on the top 20, you have to be pretty great.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that. Well done, Shits Creek. On to number six now. You know, I thought this is going to be a real contender for the top spot. What?
1: And at number six
0: is The Crown season four.
1: Your Majesty. Isn't that the. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, my.
0: That was uh, Your Majesty. That's my
1: Margaret Thatcher impression there. Um, I was a big fan of the first two seasons of The Crown. I skipped the third season. I liked the fourth season based off the relationship between Margaret Thatcher and the Queen. The ending, the final scene between them was brilliant. The
0: goodbye scene was so... I found
1: myself... I was in tears. Um, The respect for both... I was also in tears over Mandalorian, so yeah. (laughs) The respect for both women was there, um, even though I think Margaret Thatcher is thoroughly detestable and one of the worst humans ever. Um, But, you know, I thought it was a great show. Um, The Queen, Olivia Coleman, The Queen. And um, actually, when I was doing the top 20 performances, because that's film and TV, I had to redo it because originally I'd hate cut the crown actors in.
0: Ooh,
1: and then ooh, I realised that's a bit... A
0: spoiler, a little spoiler for what's to come. On oh, now to number five. Oh, we're in the top five. Uh, and this is one that I think a lot of people expect to be number one, but no, it's number five. It's the show that got everybody playing chess, The Queen's Gambit.
1: Yes. Um, it's number five, not number one, because the opening, I found, wasn't the best. But once okay. you got into this series... It was brilliant from the story to the acting to the cinematography to the music. It was one of the best limited series of the year. Anya Taylor-Joy, who's always, you know what familiar. I loved
0: about this is like when you watch it, it genuinely feels like you're playing chess. Yeah, you're watching people playing chess.
1: Pretty um, really weird,
0: but you never sit down and watch chess, would you? No. Really, and I'm a geek and love chess, but it, I just thought it was amazing.
1: I live with someone at uni who watched the Chess World Championships before the Queen's Gambit went out, um, but let's, let's that. But yeah, even the way the middle and the ending and the tight two back and forths in the show, it felt like a chess game and so many other shows I think would be better improved by the characters looking up on the wall and seeing something in CGI. Like, imagine the crown, the queen just lying in bed and seeing the huge crown on top of the rule. I
0: love how we've got the crown and Queen's Gambit. On paper, two similar-ish shows.
1: Yeah, I... Have you seen slash heard of tiny, little, pretty things on Netflix? Yes, I have. Yeah, have you watched it? No. I described that show as Emily in Paris, the worst season on of TV this year, meets the Queen's Gambit, one of the best in just
0: Spoiler alert, that Emily Tiny Little Things thing is not number one. I feel like now it's getting getting really tense, you know, no one really knows what's to come. I feel like some of the shows may have been forgotten about, but when we remind you of them, you'll think, oh yeah, yeah, it was actually absolutely bloody brilliant.
1: Yeah, I feel like well,
0: now John.
1: I feel like the top three is unexpected. Or expected depending on how many of these you've read but number four is my there's a difference between the best and your favorite right because no you know you the best film of all time is citizen kane and there are films that but one of my favorites is toy story i prefer toy story but yeah. I can sit back and know that Citizen Kane, a film which I respect but don't love and actually kind of hate, is a better film than Toy Story. Okay, so the I really boys. I get what you
0: mean. I get you.
1: Yeah, and the boys is probably my favourite show on this list. That's right. Yeah, like so the boys four. season two
0: coming in at number four. You think it had the best season finale for any show ever?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Was it that good? It was an adrenaline rush. It. I hadn't read the comics, for people who have, Um, I came into the season completely fresh when I have a group of boys who, in a group chat called The Boys, who raved about the show, so I got into it and it's great. Um, It's one of those shows that people will sit and talk and quote moments to you and you'll be like, this sounds rubbish, but it's not. And the way the first two seasons built up into something was incredible. And Aya Cash's Stormfront is one of the best villains ever. And the neo-Nazi themes are so political but so funny. It's the only show in which a speedboat can literally drive into a whale as a set piece. It's it's brilliant. If you like The Mandalorian, you'll like The Boys. It is funny. It, it's like laugh out loud funny.
0: You know what? I might genuinely go give that watch. Right, the top three. I'm feeling very tense, Ben. I genuinely am feeling tense.
1: I mean, we teased two of them at the beginning of the show. Yeah,
0: but are people going to be able to remember that? Probably not, let's be honest. Yeah. In at number three, BoJack Horseman Season 6.
1: Yeah, well, Season 6 Part 2, which was its final season. And to say that BoJack Horseman Season 6 gave me an epiphany would sound weird. But it did make me, I wrote down, it made me realise how fragile our existence is and we're on a different path in life and all that stuff. And it was really deep and emotional and weird, the final season, but it was so addictive and there's nothing else ever that's ever been on it. And I feel like for a show that's about a horse, nothing has ever been more accurate to human this life. This is where
0: your love of indie programs and niche programs really shines through.
1: Yeah, I mean the. I'm a bit more mainstream with TV. BoJack Horseman was one of the most popular shows on Netflix. It, which is weird because it's completely batshit gradually but um, <laughs> yeah, I do the films, the top twenty films, which will probably upload last is top 20 performances next which we're sandwiching in but the top 20 films that's an indie list because <laughs> we've had no blockbusters so i could get away with doing it this year Wait,
0: no, no no there was one big blast blockbuster wasn't there
1: tenant tenant which may or oh, it did make the list mm-hmm. and there was wonder woman which is also great so
0: is that on the list
1: i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna say Um.
0: in other words ben cannot remember right we have got two shows left now i'm going to tell you what they are i'm not going to tell you which one goes where yet so we've got the last dance which was awesome and it came perfect timing we've also got better call saw which was just incredible it was incredible so ben you can do the honors which one topped the top tv list of 2020 Artiki Film Podcast opinion.
1: Well, duh, 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 duh. Better Call is one of the greatest shows ever made, but it did have to settle for second because it could not have been The Last Dance. It was just amazing. I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a football fan. Sports documentaries are in their boom right now. We've had Sheer earlier on in the list. Um, so it just couldn't have been anything else than the we documentary. We are going to talk
0: more about The Last Dance in just a second. But first, Ben, talk to us about our number two position, Better Call Saul Season 5.
1: Yeah, it's the Breaking Bad spin-off is kind of better than Breaking Bad. Um, And it's a rare case of a prequel being interesting. I mean, the character arcs for Nacho, Lalo, Gus, Kim, Jimmy, Saul... It's all oh, so much going on. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. And I love how it's intersecting with Breaking Bad, but still separate. It's just a shame we have to wait like two seasons for each two years to get another season because it's the best thing ever, literally ever.
0: Other than the last dance.
1: Yeah, and you can't really compare them. I mean, Better Call Saul is a drama... And The Last Dance is a documentary. And personally, I will always go to a documentary, one that had a huge impact. Lots of people talked about it. Lots of people called it the best thing they would seen in a while. And it came on when we had no sports. So I could not have thought of anything better to top the list than The Last Dance.
0: So The Last Dance, Ben, you've written, you've given it a 10 out of 10.
1: I know, but then again, I would have given...
0: Everything in the top 20 in 10 out of 10.
1: No, I would have given the man Florina one, but probably 12 of the top 20 would all score nines or tens.
0: Amazing, amazing. Ben, it has been an absolute pleasure. I've absolutely loved counting down the top 20 TV shows of 2020. Make sure you check out the Articul podcast tomorrow, where we are going to be reviewing top 20 performances and then... Uh, the following day, we are going to be looking at the top 20 films. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're just finishing off your water now. Thank you very much, Ben, and goodbye.
1: Bye.